Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to Bookish Meet the Authors with Megan Humpsteiner. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Megan Hutsteiner, and I am the host of Bookish Meet the Authors, a television show that highlights the work of book authors globally. You'll be able to see this interview on In the Limelight TV, which is distributed on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and 100 other smart TV apps. The audio version of the interview can be heard wherever you listen to your podcast. Today, I would like to introduce my friend, Phyllis Amon. She is the ambassador of conscious aging life management. She's the number one Wall Street Journal and USA bestselling author. She coaches individuals to develop their aging well action plan so you can continue to age as gracefully, healthfully, happily as possibly can. Phyllis began her career and is a veteran. Phyllis, you're going to have to help me with this. How do you? Oh, listen, I'll let me jump in. It's a mouthful, man. <laughs> it is a mouthful. <laughs> I wasn't fair to do to you. It is. You have. Had to practice it to be very honest. So I'm a gerontological speech and language pathologist and a dementia care specialist. So why do I say a gerontological speech and language pathologist? Because I've worked over 40,000 hours in long-term care settings. And I'd say the majority of people in those settings are, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. So that's why I say, you know, when people think of geriatric, they think of older people, although there are younger people in those settings, but most of them are older. So that's how I really came up with that title. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Thank you. You know, the, you know the best part of it, Megan? The mm -hmm. best part of it, people say, well, what is that? Mm -hmm. And then I have the opportunity to say what it is. Yeah. So let's dig in deeper because... I have a love for what you do. Like you have so many accolades in this field that is just amazing. And what you are doing to bring an awareness is absolutely, it's the heart of me because I remember as a little girl, just looking up to, you know, my grandma, my mom, her friends. I mean, they weren't really, I mean, they're elders. However, I would learn so much and I would absorb it and take it in and thinking like, oh my gosh, this is life. And as I have gotten older, I see that our generation don't look at our elders the same way and respect them in the same manner. So when I had met you and you, you shared everything that you were talking or that you do and what you're planning on doing, I'm like, oh my goodness, this woman is absolutely amazing. I want to align myself with her. I want to learn from her. How do I also be a beacon of light and share this with others? So here we are. I would I don't even know where to start with you. Like, where oh, that's, that's just that is just so fantastic. And it is true. Everything you said is, is right on the money. The first conversation we ever had, you shared all of that with me. Right. Um, and it, what you said is really very pertinent in that as a society, we don't really value our elders so much in this country. Mm -hmm. um, there are cultures around the world that do, um, even Native Americans value their elders, but as an as American culture in general, whatever that is, and I think there were a variety of reasons for that. I think it's changed as time has gone on and uh, families are busy, families are dispersed, families live in different places, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, now they're most families have it are two income families. So people are busy with, um, you know, not only their work, but their own families. And now they have an older parent who might need some help and maybe they can't accommodate that. So what do they do? They kind of move them to some other kind of environment. And then some, not all, because I've known many very involved families, but then a lot of people just kind of forget about them. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the sad part of it. Um, and that's what I've seen working in all these long-term care environments, that the quality of care and the quality of life isn't so great. And so I really wanted to change that in some way, if I could. And that's why I stepped out of that environment and I've written books and I have a you know, podcast, I've written articles and blogs and, and um, now raising money for a screenplay, right? For a film that really I'm hoping will raise awareness about you know, how we value or should value older people and care for them. So what, how I look at it and like the elderly hold in a treasure box, the history, the precious history, because if you forget history, it'll repeat itself. Right. That, that, that is a true fear of mine where I'm thinking, I look at my daughter who is nine. I'm like, if she doesn't grow to understand to respect her elders, to look up to them, to listen to the stories that they have to share. How successful will she truly be in life? What kind of citizen will she be? How will she contribute in a, um, I love how you said healthily, you know, not just like physically, but I'm like thinking mentally, how will she contribute to society? Um, so yeah, like, I want to hear more about your film and like how you feel as though like you're going to bring that out into so I you know I and I just want to touch on one thing that you said if that's okay yeah. you know when you said about um and I don't remember it was a um I don't remember if it was a judge I wrote about it in my first book um that someone had said that the you know older adults are really the repositories of history and it's just what you said and you know, of course, people think, well, I could find out anything, you know, I could hit Google, any search engine, Google, Bing, Safari, whatever one you use, right? But the reality is, you know, those are just facts. But that really doesn't give you the richness. It doesn't convey the richness of the experience. And that's only somebody who has lived through it that can convey that. So one of my favorite examples is... Um, is the, um, I think it's the film Goodwill Hunting. I, I, I think so. And there's a scene. So uh, where um, Matt Damon is sitting actually in the Boston Gardens. I went, did my undergraduate work in, in Boston. So it always, that always jumped out at me. And um, Robin Williams is trying to work with him and work through his traumas. And uh, Matt Damon is quoting Keats and Shakespeare and all of these great thought leaders and li literary figures. And what Robin Williams says to him is really the essence of what we just said. Those are just words to him. He never lived them. He never experienced them. He's just spouting words. He has no idea what those things mean. He's never loved anybody. He never had those kind of relationships. So it's not only about that, but the experiences of life, right? Yeah, you can hit a button, 
but that really doesn't give you the flavor of what it was like to be in World War II or the Vietnam War or whatever experience it is, right? Or to walk so, 12 miles in the right, snow. <laughs> just, just what exactly what you said. So I have this theory that I came up with, I think it was a couple of years ago, because many people have talked about our future selves. And, and I talked about that too. The first time I heard it, I said, oh my God, that's great. But then the more I thought about it, I said, you know, if you think about your future, you don't really see yourself as an older person in that future, right? No, you just think of the future situation, right? And so I thought, well, that's too far like in the distant, or you can't relate to that, your future self, in my opinion. What I came to was, wouldn't it be great if we could think of ourselves as these emerging or evolving elders? So that's it's a process that lives inside of us that we really wanna get to, that we really wanna attain so that we can achieve that so that we can share our wisdom. And I would love to develop some kind of educational program for schools to really, you know, embrace that and be able to teach that. I don't know how that, I'm, I, I've been thinking about it for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that was my thought too. I was like, so how is she gonna harness that? How is right. she going to capture? And especially in, a, in an age where, we're tech savvy and all the kids are on their phones they're just it's all about entertainment 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 <laughs> how are you going to disrupt that how are you going to come in and be like hey just just a reminder you're aging and look at the one uh, the ones that came before you and to respect them and not just put them off because they're in their own world at that moment. So this is going right. to be fascinating and a much needed film that I'm so excited for. Oh, I can't tell you how excited. So bring me into some of your background that gives you the, I mean, you're very credentials. I'm not questioning that. No, I know. Show me, like, share with us your background. Like what has so, given you that knowledge? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I became a speech and language pathologist. I, um, you know, I always loved listening to people speak and my mother used to take me to museums and I used to love listening to, you know, people from different countries and different accents. And then when I was little, we had um, someone move in, in our, uh, onto our block and uh, they had a son that had cerebral palsy. And I think all, all of that put together, um, you know, kind of, made me think about being a speech pathologist. My father wanted me to become a teacher. That's what you kind of told your daughters in those days, you know, and I didn't want to do that anyway. And then my grand, my mother helped take care of my grandmother who lived like two hours away for like a year. She traveled there by bus and train and, and she had broken her hip. She had Parkinson's and then after a while, she wanted my grandmother to move in with us. My father didn't think that was such a great idea. I was 15. She would have needed a hospital bed in the house. So there was a nursing home a few blocks away. And so my grandmother moved in there. And my mother used to go every morning, early in the morning, and stay till the evening, you know, and wash her clothes and help her throughout the day. And then my parents went on vacation for a couple of weeks and my sister and I took turns, you know, 
taking over the, the shift that my mother had for her mother. And my, the first day I went there was terrific, but that experience I think was the through line that really took me to work in long-term care environments. I really do believe that. And so, you know, from that, seeing all these people who were aging, but not aging in, in the best way possible. And part of that was the times, you know, now we're much more health conscious and act activity conscious. They weren't gyms around then and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it just struck me that people could be living, you know, a better quality of life. They could be living more healthfully if they made better choices. And, you know, what could, what could I do to help, you know, move the needle on that? Um, so I kind of stepped out of that um, thinking, well, wouldn't it be great if people could prevent themselves from becoming more, you know, becoming so frail so soon or having some of these terrible things happening to them? Well, things do happen to people, right? We know, even if they take great care of themselves, but, you know, maybe they could delay that. Maybe they don't have to move into that kind of environment. Maybe they won't become so frail. Maybe they'll stay healthy longer. So I think that's really kind of changed my thinking about, about aging and you know what we should do as we're aging. I mean, I just turned 70. Amen to 70. Oh my God. And you're you look seventy. I love it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so who better to learn from is somebody that is rocking it, who's like doing right. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like share with us. What are you doing? Like, how do we take care of ourselves? Like, what does that look like? I like, I, I believe a lot of it is mindset. You know, it, you know, I, I know people and have friends that are in their thirties and forties who probably are appear older than I do. You know, I think it is a mindset, a vibrancy or, um, you know, an openness of wanting to learn, continuing to do things to grow. Um, you know, I, I just said to somebody, um, the other day we were having a conversation. I forgot this. My mother always used to say, that you should always be learning. So I, I like I said, I, I didn't even remember that until I was having a conversation with someone the other day. So I think that's a, a lot that has to do with it, you know? And now of course they say, you know, brain health, a lot of brain health has to do with, you know, stimulation and learning and keep yourself active, you know, physically and, and mentally. I think I've done that. Um, not setting out to do that intentionally, but also because of who I am. And if it's not who you are, then maybe you need some help to get there so that you can continue to age as healthfully and vibrantly as you possibly can, not only for yourself, but for the people that love you and that you love, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of all these questions. So how do you bridge the gap between the younger generation and the older generation like how are you going to approach that like just going into the schools and setting up seminars like what makes you what is it that will grab their attention and be like that aha like what are we doing and I, need to change that good it's a great question I really haven't um thought about it to that 
degree, you know, how I would go about it. I just, it's kind of an idea that's percolating. Um, so this film, getting back to this film, maybe this film will kind of bridge that gap. So the film is really about, based on two novels and uh, the novels are about elder wisdom and community and wise leadership and the importance of intergenerational relationships. And so I'm hoping that a film will start to raise awareness and inspire those conversations. But it is happening, you know, little by little in places. They have, you know, programs in schools where they pair people with older, you know, they pair a younger person with an older person. Personally, I feel that it would be great if older people could embrace more relationships with younger people and use their skills. And that would help bridge that gap, you know, tutoring and, and, um, there are many places where that is being done, but I think it has to be more of it rather than people. I mean, people can make their choices, but rather than moving to a retirement community and just playing, you know, shuffleboard, I mean, I'm not putting somebody down if that's what they want to do, but I think they have skills and, you know, insights and ability that they could be utilizing that are valuable for younger people. I'm just thinking about how films can be very um, provoking. Right. And with all the new technology, the CGI, all this crazy cinematography, I'm like, okay, you got a great storyline and you couple all of that other entertainment that kids are so stimulated with. If you have a really good, solid storyline, it might draw them in and may get their minds thinking a little differently. So that's actually why I'm so drawn to it. I'm like, oh, what is this film going to look like? Like, how is that? The message, I, I think the message is the most beautiful thing. And now we have this technology. I think that could be the thing that shakes these kids up. And I think you're right. Um, I, I, I think you're right. I actually have an idea for a game based on the film. Um, actually, I think I had the idea for the game before I had the idea for the film, but I won't tell you what it is because, okay. um, because, <laughs> but okay. I do, but I do think I do, th I, I see it uh, similar to what you just said, that some kind of interactive something with your phone, that's a game where people interact and then it, it conveys that message through the game and then maybe stimulates people thinking like, wow, yeah, you know, I have this game and, and I am trying to live to a hundred, whatever the game is. Right. And maybe that will change the mindsets rather than, well, those people don't count because they're past their prime. I'm playing a game and I'm trying to get to that point. Right. So maybe that's the shift. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I really hope for the shift because I can recall when my mom, she worked in a nursing home. I worked in a nursing home as like dietary aid and being around it, I think it was truly a gift because I would see not that the staff was negligent or, I mean, they could be, however, I would see the sadness in the elderly, like they were just starving for interaction. And, mm -hmm. and that's where I'm like, okay, so if we can bring that awareness, because I'm one day going to be that person, you know, I'm like, how I want to instill that into my child and the generations below us to still embrace it, because we're all going to go through it. Um, and again, going to the nursing homes, I would sit there and just think, I'm like, 
what can I do? But I didn't know what to do. I mean, if had I had more guidance of really good stellar teachers or people that really loved the elderly and embraced it, I mean, my church did, and we'd go and sing and the, they just lit up. You would have right. the whole nursing home come to like our little center and just start singing I and mean, even just sitting there. And they just loved it. I'm like, oh, we need to be taking care of the elderly a bit more. Right. You know, I, in all the places that, that I've worked, you know, whenever I would go into a dining room when people were eating, or even if I would get off an elevator and in an area where people were living, I would say, oh, hi, everybody, or are you enjoying your lunch? Or how's everybody today? And like you said, people perk up. Otherwise, they're just sitting like with this vacant look without any stimulation. I'm sure you and I can both think of times when we didn't have any stimulation. What happens to you? You get depressed, you get listless, that you don't want to move yourself. There's nothing to look forward to, right? Well, just think of having 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of that. I mean, it's it, it eats away at you, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so going into the hours and hours, 40,000 hours is a lot of hours, Phyllis. So- you you said that you set up care plans. So I would look at it. Okay, so do I start that care plan? What age do you start that care plan? Do you go in at 50? Do you go in at 60 and start like that thought process? Where do you begin? A good question. So uh, because people have asked me that, I think my, my target demographic, I want my target demographic to really be like um, people 50 and above, especially women. I think because as women, we get so depleted, you know, you, you, you can probably relate to this as a mother, right? But we give to our children, we give to our jobs. Um, and many baby boomers, of course, now have, they're probably one of the first generations really responsible for older parents, right? And there's, I call them SOS, they're stressed, overwhelmed and stretched, right? And so those people, you know how they say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the second best time is now. So why not start now and really embrace your self-care, um, you know, become empowered because you can't give from an empty cup. You know, you're, my mother always used to say a car can't run without gas, mm -hmm. right? So if, if you, you're so depleted, you can't really give everything you need to give to your children, to your coworkers, to your, your older parents, mostly to yourself because, you know, who else is going to give to you, right? So um, that's, I think that's really where I want my starting point to be. Not that people shouldn't do it when they're younger, but I think that that's my starting point. I think it's because I really relate to all these. I've seen so many people, especially part of this sandwich generation who are kind of squeezed in this, in this situation. And I think they're starving for self-care. So that's how I de develop this aging well action plan, right? Let's you know work on a plan for yourself so that you can continue to age healthfully, gracefully, successfully, joyfully. Amen to that. So where can we find this information? Like, how do people get in contact with you? Sure. So fill it, uh, people can, you know, go to my website, first of all, which is um, www.phyllisaymanassociates.com. But people can email me at phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, at phyllisaymanassociates.com. 
um, associates.com. That's associates with an S. And I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter and all of those, you know, those platforms. But I, you know, if people email me, that would probably be the best, you know, place to start. And I'd love to have a 20 minute conversation or a 20 to 30 minute con conversation with anybody who wants to get more information or, you know, have me give me, have me give them insights or learn more about them. And, you know, it, you know, I, would be happy to do that for anybody to, you know, maybe they just want to some insights to see where they should head themselves. Maybe they think they, you know, they're kind of on a path, but they're not sure. I'd be happy to have a conversation with anybody. Well, it sounds like I need to get on your calendar and have that conversation because I guess there's no time than the present time. So absolutely, absolutely. This has been so fantastic, Megan. But from the, our first conversation, I think we met like several months ago. From our first conversation, it's just it's just gone up upward from there. So it's just been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you. And I hope if anybody has any questions, you will see the links below. And um, please reach out to Phyllis. Thank you, Phyllis. Thank Thanks, so Megan. Have a, have, great a great, have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bookish Meet the Authors here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe, and don't forget to tell your friends.